0: One of his passions now is to help bridge the gap so that others can discover the true light, which gives light to everyone entering the world. Now, here's Mike Shreve, Revealing the True Light. Welcome to Revealing the True Light. The
1: title of this episode is The Coming of a Messiah in World Religions. Of course, the term Messiah comes from the book of Daniel. It's a reference to the Lord Jesus Christ, who will return at the end of this age and bring the kingdom of God fully manifested in this world, thank God, is equivalent to the word Christ in the New Testament from the Greek word Christos. Both the word Messiah and the word Christ mean the anointed one, And the word anointed means one who has received a specific outpouring of the Holy Spirit to accomplish a specific purpose. And of course, the purpose is to bring the kingdom of God to earth in a fully manifested way. That's our hope. In fact, that's called the blessed hope of believers, the return of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. I think it's interesting to see that the very first prophecies deal with this wonderful final event. After Adam and Eve fell, one of the first things that was stated when the Lord came into the garden to pronounce judgment was the statement to the serpent where God said, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed, and he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. That was the first Messianic prophecy offered by the Lord himself. Now, I don't believe Genesis 3.15 will be completely fulfilled until the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, when Satan will be cast into a bottomless pit. And then the full crushing of his headship, so to speak, in this world will be accomplished because he will be brought under complete divine control and domination. Also in Jude chapter 1, verse 14, the seventh from Adam, whose name was Enoch, prophesied saying, behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his saints, which is of course a reference to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ at the end of this age. How interesting it is that one of the first prophecies chronologically in scripture deals with the final grand event of the restoration of the kingdom of heaven to this world. A paradise once again, an Eden-like intimacy with God. In First Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 16 and 17, it declares some details about this event, and it says, the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, and with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, or the shofar of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. When Jesus comes back again, there will be some radical changes in this world. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. The prophets declare that the lamb will lay down with the wolf and the lion will eat straw as the bullock. So there's going to be absolute peace in this world when the Prince of Peace, in the Hebrew, it's Sar Shalom, when the Prince of Peace reigns in this world. Interestingly, though, many religions have the coming of a Messiah-like figure in their doctrine. And many New Agers tend to group them all together as one individual. How often I heard it said when I was a yoga teacher in 1970 that the fifth Buddha and the Imam Mahdi and the Lord Jesus Christ were all references to one and the same person. That the Hindus' belief in a coming avatar named Kalki is the same as the Christian's belief in the coming of the Son of God. However, when you compare the details of all of these prophetic or supposed prophetic insights into the future, there are so many contradictions, it would be absolutely impossible, just on the basis of logic, to believe that these individuals forecasted for the future are one and the same person. And so let's dig into this. Let's go not only into the biblical references to the Messiah, but the beliefs of other religions. Let's start with the Baha'i faith. Baha'i teaches the essential worth of all religions, and they are very willing to study the scripture base of all religions believing that all religions have a single source. However, their belief in the coming of a Messiah-like figure is quite unique. They believe that the Bab, who was the founder of Babism and the forerunner of the Baha'i faith, was actually the spiritual return of John the Baptist, and that Baha'u'llah, the founder of the Baha'i faith, was Christ-returned in the glory of the Father. So in that worldview, the coming of the Messiah on an ultimate level has already taken place. Something else that is quite unique is the view of some who embrace New Age spirituality. Helen Schuchman, in her book, A Course in Miracles, gives this point of view, Christ's second coming, which is sure as God, is merely the correction of mistakes and the return of sanity. It is the invitation to God's word to take illusion's place, the willingness to let forgiveness rest upon all things without exception and without reverse. Forgiveness lights the second coming's way because it shines on everything as one, end of quote. So according to her perspective, the second coming of Christ happens on an individual level when a person turns away from bitterness and selfishness and an ego-driven life and becomes a forgiving and loving person. That is the coming of the Messiah, according to that worldview. And other religious groups agree with that point of view. For instance, Ernest Holmes, the founder of the United Church of Religious Science, which is a new thought group. He defined the second coming of Christ as the dawning in the individual consciousness of the meaning of the teachings of Jesus. The dawning in the individual consciousness of the meaning of the teachings of Jesus. And that is the second coming of Christ. Once again, it's something that happens on an individual level. The man who won me to the Lord back in 1970, Kent Solomon, was a student of a guru named Yogananda, a very famous guru at one time in this country. He founded a group called Self-Realization Fellowship And he would explain that the second coming of Christ was metaphysical. The whole idea of Jesus descending out of the clouds was symbolic, and that on an individual basis, the second coming of Christ happens when a person overcomes the darkness of this world by recognizing the inner light. In a universal sense, through his oneness with the divine Christ consciousness, Jesus, according to Yogananda, is incarnate in all that lives, and if you have eyes to behold, you can see him enthroned throughout the creation. And so that insight or that ability to have that kind of perception of the enthronement of Jesus in all creation is, on an individual basis, the second coming of Christ, it happens to each individual who enters an enlightened state of mind. Now, I heard also the proposed idea that there would be a coming figure, a charismatic person who would unite the world in harmony and move us into this new age called the Aquarian Age, which well, is a term out of astrology that talks about a coming era of peace on earth in which wars will cease and many problems and the human race will be solved. And quite a few of those who embrace the idea of a new age coming, the Aquarian age, that's where you get the term new age movement. It's a belief that it will be ushered in in one of two ways. Now, some believe it will happen through an individual, as I just said, who will have a global influence to bring all religions and all cultures and all people under his headship. But others believe that it will be quite different. In fact, David Spangler used to be quite an influential voice within the ranks of those who embrace new age ideas. And he spiritualizes the second coming of Christ, as so many others do, by making this statement. Quote, the second coming of Christ in our age will be fundamentally, most importantly, a mass coming. It will be the manifestation of consciousness or an awakened higher awareness. It will be the manifestation of consciousness within the multitudes. So in other words, he believes the second coming of Christ is a global heightening of spiritual awareness. And as the inhabitants of this planet are one by one brought into a higher state of mind spiritually, the second coming of Christ will take place. Now that's a common belief among many New Agers. Now let's go to some traditional religions and see how they believe concerning the coming of a Messiah-like figure. Let's start with Buddhism. Buddhists believe in someone called the Fifth Buddha, who is named Maitreya, the Buddha of love. And according to Buddhist tradition, Maitreya is a bodhisattva who will appear on earth in the future and achieve complete enlightenment and teach the pure Dharma. That's D-H-A-R-M-A. Dharma is what you believe and how you live. It's something that embraces a person's complete lifestyle what they embrace as being principles to live by, and then how they respond to those principles. That's your dharma. And according to Buddhist tradition, the fifth Buddha will arrive in a time of great degradation in the world. Why is he called the fifth Buddha? Because in Buddhist doctrine, there are extremely lengthy periods of time called kalpas, And during each kalpa, which is 16 million years long, there are 1,000 Buddhas. Now, many of them believe, and certainly it's not a universal belief among all Buddhists, but many of them believe that there have been three Buddhas in this particular kalpa before Siddhartha Gautama became the Buddha, and that the fifth Buddha is yet to come. However, one reference that I looked at said that Maitreya is slated to make his appearance 4,000 years after the disappearance of Buddha Gotama, who is the present Buddha, which is about 1,400 to 1,500 years from now. And so it's going to be over a millennium before the supposed fifth Buddha arrives. And other references speak of Maitreya coming 30,000 years in the future. And some believe he will preach for 60,000 years and then enter nirvana, and that his spiritual influence will linger on the planet for another 10,000 years. Now, I'm sure you can see already that the ideas, the doctrines, the traditions surrounding the quote-unquote fifth Buddha are quite different than Christianity. Well, what about Hinduism? Hinduism teaches the coming of a savior-like, messiah-like figure named Kalki, also spelled Kalkan at times. Supposedly, he will be the last avatar of Vishnu. Vishnu is a Hindu god, and the word avatar means a manifestation of God on the earth. And Hindu teaching is that Kalkan will be born a Brahmin and will glorify Vishnu, he will destroy all things and bring in a new age, and he will restore peace and order to the earth. However, he will be born into this world. He will come as a child, which is certainly not what the Bible teaches concerning the Lord Jesus Christ. He came as a baby in Bethlehem almost 2,000 years ago, but when he comes back again, he will come as the glorious King of Kings and Lord of Lords to reign on this planet. Now, also, Hindus believe that Kalkin will arrive at the end of the present Kali Yuga, which is an age of degradation that's going to increasingly get worse, And worse, until finally this avatar-like figure, this messianic figure, arrives. But that, according to their calendar of years, will not happen for another 425,000 years, which is completely different than what Buddhists believe concerning the fifth Buddha. Now let's go to the Muslim faith. Muslims teach the coming of someone called the Imam Mahdi. And the word Mahdi means the guided one. And the Imam is the leader of the Muslim faith according to Shia theology. There are two main groups in the Muslim faith. One is Shiites and the other is Sunni. And some Sunnis believe in the coming of a Mahdi or a rightly guided one at the end of time but is primarily a Shia idea or concept. And they believe that this Imam Mahdi will be a descendant of the prophet Muhammad. He will be named with the name Muhammad, and he will come forth from the line of Muhammad's daughter named Fatima. Now, in order to fulfill all those criteria, this would be a completely different person than the fifth buddha or the the avatar yet to come in hinduism muslims believe that the imam mahdi will come and wage war against the antichrist and that at a certain point jesus will return and he will assist him in this battle and that the imam mahdi will die and then jesus isa will reign on the planet and return the world to the Muslim faith, and after 40 years of reigning on the earth, Jesus will die. And so, again, it's much, much different than the biblical outlook for the future. Let's go to Zoroastrianism, which is not a very well-known faith, but I do believe it's important to see what they believe concerning a coming Savior or Messiah. They name that person, Seoshiant, in Zoroastrian eschatology, one who will bring about the final renovation of the world. So there's this passion, this desire in just about every religion of a coming individual who will bring divine order to this crazy world that we live in and somehow restore a paradise-like existence. The word saoshion means one who brings benefit, and of course the benefit will be a heaven-on-earth existence. However, Zoroastrianism teaches that this person will be one of three future saviors, one for the end of each 1,000-year period that will comprise the last 3,000 years of the world. And all three, now listen to this, all three will be born of maidens who conceived while they were bathing in a lake that miraculously preserved the seed of the prophet Zoroaster himself. Did you hear that? That somehow his seed would be preserved and these women would conceive while bathing in a lake. hmm And so a natural birth would be necessary, again, for the coming Messiah-like figure in that religion. Once again, let me reiterate, when Jesus Christ comes back again, he will not be born into this world as a child, as an infant. He will come in the splendor of heaven. The Bible says he will come with flaming fire and all his holy angels— not one angel will be absent from this grand event. Zachariah said his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives and the mountain will split in two. The Mount of Olives is directly across from the Eastern Gate in Jerusalem, which leads into the Temple Mount area and that he will set up the government of God on earth centered in Jerusalem. The dead in Christ will rise We which are alive and remain will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air, will be changed, will be glorified in a moment, and we will be thrust into a new era, the Messianic Age, which, according to John's writings, will last a thousand years. But the key element is that when Jesus comes back again, heaven will come to earth, and there will be a beautiful transformation of this world that is indescribable in words. Let me conclude this whole program by saying that the Lord Jesus Christ, Yeshua Mashiach, the hope of the believer, is not the same as the fifth Buddha, is not the same as the Imam Mahdi, is not the same as the Jesus that will come after the Imam Mahdi. Now, some New Agers teach that the Imam Mahdi and Jesus are one and the same. And of course, in Muslim doctrine, they are completely different. He will not be the last avatar of Vishnu because Vishnu is a non-existent deity, an imaginary God that Hindus believe in. So, All of these ideas cannot be merged together into one belief system. To think so is wishful thinking and ignorant of the details that are included in the legends and the traditions surrounding these Messiah-like figures that are forecast for the future. The Bible is the only source of true revelation, and in biblical revelation, we know the identity of the one who said, behold, I am coming quickly. We put our trust in him. He's the same Savior that died on a cross and rose from the dead and promised that he would come again in like manner even as he left. That was the last message when he ascended into heaven. The disciples saw two angels who said, Why do you stand there gazing up into the heavens? This same Jesus you see go away will come again in like manner as you see him go. That's our hope, that's our trust, that's our faith concerning the future of this world.
0: Thank you for joining Mike Shreve today on Revealing the True Light. And thank you for opening your mind and your heart to the truth. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, cpnshows.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss new episodes. You can explore the beliefs of many world religions more deeply by ordering Mike Shree's book titled In Search of the True Light. We also invite you to visit our website, thetruelight.net, and sign up to be part of our global Internet family.